Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, April 12th, 2021. One of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Blessing, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Tim. This is like, a, I, I feel great because both of us look dynamically different from, from how we looked last week. You got uh-huh. the nice haircut. You got the leather Thank jacket. You. You're looking uh-huh. fresh to death. I shaved. <laughs> Uh, you're so looking right fresh now, enough too, man. You're, I like man. this. I like this. I appreciate it. Ke- so Kevin, so Kevin, clean. right before the show, uh, said that you look like you're about to bully somebody, and I mentioned that, uh-huh. that I look like I'm the one that's about to be bullied right now. I love it. I love it so much, dude. Oh, okay, okay. I don't love <laughs> that. Really that's <laughs> that's <laughs> fresh and supple is a is a way to put it. I, like I do it. really appreciate this though, because Kevin said that I look like Roger Klotz from Doug, which is. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the nicest thing anybody could ever say to me. Uh, and then that led down a rabbit hole of us discussing discussing Doug and how weird it is that it went from Nickelodeon to Disney with just like random changes, like a bunch of shit that didn't make sense, which led to a conversation of us talking about WB Kids and Fox yes. Kids Saturday morning blocks. And that at the end of the conversation before we went live here made us realize that the Disney – uh one saturday mornings thing they had on abc which we didn't awesome. even get to talk about because that had pepper and things like that yeah, yeah. there's just some money so this here, is what man. kevin like, was vaguely describing to us yeah i was no. really wrong about being a rube goldberg machine but you know whatever yeah but the, the point of what i'm saying bless is i don't know what show and i don't know when i don't know how but i want at least me and you to be on a podcast, I want us to break down the different mor- Saturday morning show blocks. Oh my god! And do a little compare and contrast. Dude, this and see might what's be a up. great. This might be a great kind of funny uh, next gen podcast topic because that's the yeah, type of shit here. we get into. We had a whole conversation about uh, who had like the better cartoons between. I think it was like Paramount versus uh, uh, Warner Brothers versus Disney. Like if you had to get rid of animation, uh, well, you had you had the Hanna Barbera in there too. Yeah, right? Hanna Barbera was in there also. Which yeah. they dismissed real quick, and I was like, guys, you you guys are counting out Hanna Barbera way too easily because that's on, Flintstones, that's, that's Jetsons, like that? that's Scooby Doo, that's Johnny Quest. Like Hanna Barbera has a lineup. It might not they be. Do. It might not be like too? comparable to to Disney when you count in Disney Channel and all the other shit, all the other shit yeah. that Disney was doing outside the movies. Also, but Hanna Barbera is still fire. Dexter's Lab. We gotta make this happen. We gotta Johnny make Bravo. this happen. We'll make it happen. For now, what I want to make happen, though, is video game news. Today's stories oh. include PlayStation going mobile, Nintendo working on a new, uh, working on new original IPs, and more. Because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We let you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you. Over the weekend, a new episode of XCast went live. You can join the crew as they talk about Xbox's future plans, including their possible partnership with Hideo Kojima. And then this morning, a new episode of Kind of Funny Podcast went live, featuring the homie, our video editor, Roger Bacorny. Uh, he makes an appearance. You can catch that on youtube.com slash kindoffunny and on podcast services around the globe. And Tim, I, I saw the headline. I saw the thumbnail of, of it being Roger. Is the whole episode just about Roger? <laughs> 
I mean, there's we talk to Roger a lot because he's on the show. You know, we we do the show, we do the podcast, and then it ends. And then we're like, what should the headline and thumbnail be? And sometimes we're like, oh, it's obviously this. But then every once in a while, it's like, I don't know, man. And then, like, Kevin will read out the time codes, and they're never, like, that appealing sounding. Yeah. And it's like, why did we just spend this long talking about this? It's kind of funny, baby. It's how we do things. It's kind of funny. Go so watch I guess it. This one, great episode. Yeah, this one, I guess, happened to be Roger. So, yeah, go check out Roger. Show Roger all the love. Thank you to our Patreon producers, at, uh, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Tom Bach, Trent Berry, and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Burrow. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Oh no! What was that? Kevin sounded like he was in space. He got sucked out of a spaceship. Yeah, that was fantastic. Tim, this I hated that. Ew! This, that I, was I'm, nasty. What I don't Tim, know is that like, you only to, us like, two heard it. He's back. No, they okay, all heard okay. it. They all look. They're all. They're all. They're all there reacting. It, well, you have to understand that. Like I always try to do something a little different, and mm-hmm. sometimes you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? Gotcha. 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 I'm happy gotcha. with scraping the bottom of the barrel to start off a Monday. <laughs> Tim, I'm very excited for this Roper report because I feel mm-hmm. like the first. Let's say three stories. First two stories, really, of this Roper Report is us entering a bizarre world of PlayStation doing what Nintendo does and Nintendo doing what PlayStation does. And so Whoa. let's start it off with story number one. PlayStation is going mobile. This is John Fingus at Engadget. Sony hasn't done much with PlayStation game franchises unless you count one-offs like Uncharted, Fortune, Fortune Hunter. And I think I, I, I might have missed out missed on like the first paragraph here. PlayStation, uh, they're hiring to, uh, uh, for a PlayStation head of mobile development. Uh, so I'll pick back up here with, with Engadget. Sony hasn't done much with PlayStation game franchises unless you count one-offs like Uncharted, Fortune Hunter. But that might change soon. Eurogamer has noticed that PlayStation is hiring an executive at PlayStation Studios that would focus on bringing PlayStation's most popular franchises to mobile. While the listing unsurprisingly doesn't mention titles or timeframes, the new head of mobile would develop a three to five year strategy. The company has a long history of trying to meld PlayStation brand with phones, albeit without much success. Aside from a small number of games, Sony's best effort is the Xperia Play, a PlayStation phone that was ahead of its time, but a commercial flop. The PlayStation mobile name is better associated with PC ports like Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, It's not hard to see why Sony would pursue mobile. It could bring the PlayStation brand to a much wider audience and, of course, reap profits from from in-app purchases. Titles like Fortnite, PUBG, and Roblox owe a large amount of their success to mobile gamers. The challenge, of course, is executing on that strategy. The games themselves have to adapt to mobile without losing what makes them special on your console. They might, su- they might not succeed if they feel like watered, if they feel like watered down ports or cash-ins. Tim, are you at all surprised at the idea that PlayStation seems to be shifting uh, some of their efforts toward mobile gaming? Not at all. I'm looking right now even at the the top paid app charts for games on uh, the, the Apple store. And uh, a lot of them are properties that started somewhere else, that didn't start on mobile. So things like Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Of course, there's things like Monopoly and otherwise. But the Five Nights at Freddy's, Terraria, uh, 
as we call of duty black ops zombies grand theft auto vice city there's an in between that there are a ton of things like geometry dash and heads up and mobile first things but there's obviously power with ip that people are familiar with right mm-hmm. whenever nintendo puts out new mobile games like they're on the top of the charts for a very long time there's money to be made there mobile games obviously we've talked about for a decade now are such a huge untapped market and we've been tapping it they have everyone's been tapping it for a long time and i think that the code has almost been cracked where we're figuring out what a free-to-play game looks like even on the console side of things right of how they monetize there so lessons have been learned from both sides when it comes to mobile games on how do mobile games need to change to be more like console games and how do console games how can they change to be more like mobile games to benefit developers and make as much money as possible and all that and i don't think we've quite cracked the code there on both sides but i do think that the mobile game side has a better offering than it's ever had uh it has as much trash as it always has but that's true anywhere you look right i think with apple arcade and with uh, other programs like that there, there's money being funneled into different types of game experiences on mobile which attracts more core gamers which means that core games like for playstation coming to mobile it makes more sense now than ever what will this end up looking like that's what we need to wait and see. But at the end of the day, I was saying this on Gamescast a couple weeks ago, endless runners are associated with mobile games, right? And we can all talk about them and be like, eh, whatever, like, that's not our thing. But so many people are playing with them. I imagine now that Crash Bandicoot on the run is out, more people are going to want to play a Crash Bandicoot endless runner than some generic, this, looks, this game icon looks the same as every other mobile game icon endless runner mm-hmm. imagine applying that to god of war or uncharted or all these like spider-man imagine if somehow they figured that out that it's an insomniac spider-man universe game on mobile i think it's exciting i think there's a lot of cool things they can do i don't think this is going to be core games being put on mobile but i do think it's going to be better than what it, this would have meant a couple of years ago if playstation mm-hmm. were going to try this well how do you compare it to what nintendo did with their mobile strategy where for them, it that did look like Super Mario Run. That looked like the Fire Emblem mobile game. Heroes, looked, Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, and that looked like uh, the Animal Crossing game that was also on 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 mobile. Um, but it seems like for them, they leaned off of it after a while because it wasn't as lucrative, and it wasn't. I I, I believe the statement from Nintendo was that, like, yeah, we don't we don't necessarily want to treat our franchises with what it takes to become a mobile game because when we think of mobile we think of free to play we think of microtransactions we think of all these different things uh for when i when i when i look at this news right my first instinct was okay i, I might write it off because this doesn't sound like a thing that's for me but when you look at what mobile has been like you said right for the last couple of years you you look at games like fortnite you look at games like pubg mobile or call of duty mobile and you look at you look at uh the best mobile category at game of the year and how it looks dynamically different than what you i think the immediate the immediate thought would be when you think about mobile gaming for you do you think playstation leans into we're going to make an uncharted game for mobile we're going to make a god of war game for mobile but put way more tlc and way more um love and care into it than what our traditional thoughts of mobile games are or do you see them going like the more hey let's do let's do uncharted run let's do god of yeah. war happy camper or whatever that animal crossing game is <laughs> pocket camp i mean camp. i i I think the thing when it comes to Nintendo and like what you're talking about, the games and attempts they've made on the mobile side of things, I think that we write off the actual successes that are there just because we're not so interested in it. They actually tried a lot more than even what you named. Like they came out with Dragalia Lost, which was an RPG 
a Nintendo made RPG that is exclusive to mobile, like a new IP that they made there. And I didn't really vibe with it, but I know a lot of people that did play it enjoyed it enough. I don't think that that was the breakout hit that they were looking for financially. However, Mario Kart World Tour is making them a fuck ton of money. It's just existing. And I played it for a week or two or whatever. And I was like, cool, I'm over this. Uh, but whatever quote you were talking about, about them saying that they don't want to mobile five the games or whatever it's like yeah. they can say that that's not the truth they're doing it and it's working for them fire emblem heroes making them a ton of money still so i think that they might have just cracked the code where super mario run was less of an endless runner type more of like a designed mario game for mobile that didn't work for them mm -hmm. the way that they are expecting what did work is leaning a bit more into the mobile gamification of their IP, like Mario Kart and like Animal Crossing and, you know, Pokemon being a little bit different because it's not Nintendo specifically, but Pokemon Company, Pokemon Go, like you can call it a fluke, but at the end of the day, that's just a really good implementation of the Pokemon IP with uh, mobile game, like what mobile devices can give that other things can't, right? Yeah. So that's where I think it's interesting is the combination of all of those things playing together where I wouldn't look at it and be like, oh yeah, Nintendo's mobile division is fucking fantastic. But I think that it could be, you know, mm -hmm. like down the line. I think one day we might look back and it'd be like, oh shit, they actually turned this into something. PlayStation, I think this is a more interesting case to look at because I don't know that this is necessarily going to be them putting games on this. It could just be PlayStation figuring out like, more and more console gamers are going to be playing on mobile in the coming years because phones are more powerful. We're getting used to having Bluetooth-connected controllers that so we're just essentially using the phone as a screen for cloud gaming and all of that. Like, what if PlayStation figures out the yeah. phone situation for well, some type of cloud gaming? Like a PS Now thing, but like more advanced, more just seamless. You can take your DualSense, you're just playing. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be the, the other point I was going to bring into this also is, yeah, when you look at the two other the two other console manufacturers, right? Like we talked about Nintendo and what they do with, with what they did with mobile gaming um, because I think that is, it, it's a very easily easy analog to make. But with Xbox, they are going hard with mobile, right? Through xCloud, through, like we just talked about this last week, how they're adding touch controls to a lot of their uh, games on xCloud right now for mobile. And that dynamically changes how you play those games. Like I tried out Celeste and even though it wasn't a perfect experience it was a it was fascinating being able to play that game just on a phone screen and i think that speaks to a feature that could be uh, uh supporting that more from the xbox side and there is there is there is obviously value there otherwise everybody wouldn't be trying to do it right but we're in a place where everybody's trying to do it and so yeah, i do wonder on the playstation side if this is them them hiring an executive at playstation studios to do this i think for me speaks to the fact that they're like cool we don't know. We we know we want to enter this market. We don't know what that looks like yet, and mm -hmm. it's going to be the job of whoever comes in, whoever whoever gets this executive uh, um, uh, position, to come through and be like, "All right, we got to make cloud work because that is the move. That's what's going to be big for us." Or we got to make original uh, content using Uncharted or using our some of our biggest franchises, right? Like we talked about it late last week that PlayStation does not shy away from uh, making more Naughty Dog games, like Naughty games based off of Naughty Dog IP. Like if they want to, if, if if making a new Uncharted or making a mobile version of The Last of Us is going to be a banger on mobile, like they'll definitely lean into that and go for it. Um, but yeah, like I I'm still up in the air in terms of what I think this will end up being because I think. It'll, it'll end up being what is most comfortable for them. Yeah, totally. I think you bring up a good point, though, about it's, it's key here that they're bringing someone in, and hopefully that person 
knows what they're doing and I can look at the the market and make some decisions that aren't so much reactive, but kind of setting the stage for what PlayStation's ecosystem can look like in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Story number two, Tim. Let's move on. Let's move on over to Nintendo. Nintendo is focusing on more original IP. This is from Marie de Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Nintendo is to focus on developing more original IP for the Switch going forward. President Shuntaro Furukawa said in an interview with Nikkei that creating new series and developing new entries in well-known Nintendo IP is what the Switch needs to remain competitive. Quote, With the expansion of time spent at home, the range of entertainment as an object of consumption is expanding, he said. He continues, Games are not a necessity of life. In order for customers to choose games in their finite time, they have to be interesting. Competition is tough, and I am not optimistic. Also, I should also mention that this is this is a translation, and so um, he didn't literally say I'm not optimistic, but that's how translation took it, and so we'll run with it, I guess. Uh, he continues, I myself am looking uh, am looking at and studying various forms of entertainment. In the future, we will focus on creating new game, a new game series. Let me say, we'll focus on creating new game series as well as long sellers such as Mario and Zelda. End quote. Tim, new IP mm-hmm. from Nintendo. What what does that say to you? Like, do you what do you look forward to in terms of new IP from Nintendo? I mean, I'm, I look forward to anything new from Nintendo at this point, especially new IP. Obviously, always a very exciting premise. Um, I think that new IP is best served when the old IP are being kind of like pumped out at a, at a quality rate with quality product in addition to new IP being alongside it. And that's something that we've seen PlayStation really kind of dominate the last uh, generation where they had such a strong strategy of sequels alongside new IP and then just continue rinse and repeat. And so far they're rinsing and repeating as they're spent knocking out of the park. Nintendo has been doing that for so much longer, but I think the new IP has always been the thing that they have struggled with most. And But the reality is they have created a lot of new IP over the last couple console generations. Like uh, things like trying out arms, right? Mm-hmm. Xenoblade has had a couple iterations at this point. Um, Splatoon is on its third entry and it's like now Splatoon is not a new IP, but it was just a couple years ago, you know? Um, so in addition to them understanding the IP that they have and kind of creating the, the either sequels or spinoffs or kind of, you know, the thing about Mario is people can be like, oh, there's a million Mario games. It's like, okay, well, they're all different games. They're all different IP, whether it's Mario Golf, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers. Like, they're all different, you know? Yeah. Um, but what about things like Golden Sun, like, that happened on the GBA and DS and that we haven't seen again? You know, there's so many of these these IP that are new at a time and then just kind of falter. And, like, I imagine ARMS is probably going to be more in that category here. Um, but I, 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 I'm itching for some new IP from Nintendo. I think that they – it's been long enough – that a new IP has really spoken to me uh, because like Splatoon, for example, Xenoblade, not necessarily my jams. Enjoyed playing the campaign of Splatoon too, but otherwise it's not like something I'm looking forward to the sequels that much, right? But uh, they have the talent for sure and they have the teams at this point. And you know, now that it's not dual development of 3DS games and Wii U games and it's just the Switch, like I think that there is a lot of talent that we don't know what they're working on over in Nintendo. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm very much looking forward to new IP, mainly for the fact that I I think once you get into the flow of having an established set of games, and now that we're, what, halfway through the Switch life cycle, we've gotten 
pretty much all the main entries in the out of the franchises that I think we're looking forward to out of the Switch, with the exception of games that are announced around the horizon like Metroid. Um, we're now approaching what I, I think is going to be the second the 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 second cycle of all right. Here are all the sequels. Here's Breath of the Wild two. Here's Mario Odyssey or whatever the next Mario game is. Here's Mario Kart Mario Kart nine. Here's the here's the next iteration of all these games that we've gotten. And even though that's awesome, even though I'm looking forward to that, there is this element of well, that's kind of boring. You know, getting the same game over and over again is kind of boring. And that's the thing that Nintendo has tried to balance over the course of pretty much their entire. Uh, existence as a company whenever the it, it is that thing thing you said where they you, you get a lot of mario but thankfully nintendo has ways where they try to freshen mario up and give you different iterations of mario games whether it be mario 3d mario um uh tennis mario kart um mario plus rabbit's kingdom battle like there are ways in which they turn specific franchises into multiple franchises which is great for them but it does there does get that get to that uh get to the point where as a fan, you're like, okay, I want something else. I want something new. I want something fresh. And I think new IP is not only a way to keep your fan your fans invested, but also a way to get new people in. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. My question for you, Tim, the brainstorm with me. Mm-hmm. You're you you're you've been hired or you've been contracted by Nintendo to work on their next new IP. What is it that Tim Gettys wants out of a new Nintendo IP? Well, the thing there is you gotta look at what they have currently and where they're kind of lacking. And I think that Splatoon was the closest thing to their answer to a shooter, like a team-based shooter. But I want I want to see them go a little bit in a different direction with it, where I think Nintendo can really own the couch multiplayer split-screen shooter of your like what we remember playing of GoldenEye, but a modern version of that, right? Like get something so there's that party game element to a shooting game so that it's not the most convoluted thing it's not, it's not call of duty where it's like you need to know a whole, bu- whole bunch of things and systems and stuff it is very much a nintendo game that is more pick up and play the depth's still there like a mario kart like a smash brothers whatever but just a a more accessible fun shooter but modernized so it's not just time splitters too again but it's like something that is an exciting new proposition and i, I think that they that is what they're really really missing is that party game shooting game mm-hmm I'm not, I I can dig that. I for me that see you you make a good point that it's about figuring out what you're lacking and trying to trying to fill in that fill in that hole. And for me, right, like my mind immediately went to FPS, but like you're gonna get that with Metroid, right? You would hope that that game ends up great when that finally comes out. But I, that I, to me is a single player experience. That is mm-hmm. more of like a Bioshock esque. Like uh, sure. it, it's not a first person shooter; it's a first person adventure. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm talking competitive multiplayer, oh, for slayer, sure. deathmatch. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm, well, I'm trying to think of what I would bring to the table if I was hired by Nintendo. They contracted me and they were like, bless, new IP, go. I, part of me would, would like to see, and part of me would like to see Nintendo do something that Nintendo's never done before, which is probably not where, where we're going to see. Right? I think Splatoon kind of, Splatoon in terms of genre and in terms of it being a multiplayer, multiplayer shooter definitely is a fresh take for Nintendo, but it, mm-hmm. stylistically it kind of falls back into that Nintendo, uh, Nintendo look and feel. I want to see them like try out like an Uncharted or Tomb Raider just to see like hey, if Nintendo went for a realistic action game, could they do it? Like, do they Fuck. have the chops for it? Oh my God. That, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. here's the thing that, that is really sad to me is I don't think we're ever going to know what retro was working on. Like what they were actually working on, what was actually going to happen you don't before think they it got was, moved uh, to like Metroid Star Prime. Fox Grand Prix. 
I think it was, but I, I think that that was, I think they're working on multiple projects and mm. uh, Star Fox Grand Prix being one of them. I do believe that that was in some type of development at, at some point. I think it got pretty far. Uh, why we didn't see it. We don't know. There's a ton of games. Things happen and that's just the way things go. But I feel like giving retro the opportunity to, hey, you just make a new IP. I'd be so into that. I'm just like, whatever the fuck oh, they yeah. want to do, create, create, just make something. Well, Tim, speaking of Nintendo, story number three, Switch shortages could be on the horizon. This is Joseph Yaden at Digital Trends. Nintendo has hinted that a Switch shortage could be coming. The company predicts that consoles could, be soon, could soon be scarce due in part to lack of production parts such as semiconductors, which we've talked about before on this show. The current semiconductor shortage has led to production issues with both the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 since their launch. In speaking with Nikkei, Nintendo President Shuntaro Furukawa says that the issue may prevent the company from keeping up with increased demand. Quote, we have been able to secure the, the necessary materials for the immediate production of semiconductors for switches. However, in Japan and other countries, demand has been very strong since the beginning of the year, and there is a possibility of shortages at some retailers in the future. It is difficult to say how we deal with this, but in some cases, we may not be able to prepare enough for orders and so this is i mean this is one of those things where makes sense given the series of events that we've had over the, the last year but especially now with new consoles out and seeing how those have been uh, affected seeing how technology in general has been affected by the semiconductor shortage it, it makes it makes complete sense that the switch was next up uh for a shortage and so if you're looking for a switch in the coming year might might want to jump on it right now <laughs> Yeah, Sadly. I mean, it sucks, or or not, or wait for the Switch Pro whenever it comes, and then yeah, struggle but, to get one because that's going to be extremely difficult to get your hands on when it yeah, comes out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what do you? How do you think this affects the Switch Pro? You think we might not see that till if if yeah, it was uh, playing for next fall? Do you think now it's going to be next spring? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think that anything can happen, and we saw with the PlayStation Five and Xbox that they they will launch things even if there's they're not ready to maximize sales of, of units because they understand this is a long game and. We're all in this together in the sense of like, the, you know, video games aren't just going to magically get back to how they were. And honestly, I think that by we hit the time we hit 2023, 2024, things are just going to be different. And it's probably going to be for the better. Like, I imagine that workflows will be figured out so that um, a lot of the, the issues that we've been facing won't be there. And this whole work from home stuff has, I think, taught a lot of people uh, skills that they wouldn't have had otherwise and are able to look at other team members workflows and uh processes and understand the hitches a little bit more so i think that everybody's gonna be able to to help out and the process should be smoother once everyone goes back to a normal situation or a hybrid situation or whatever it is like just looking at us right every single person here is now more capable at a part of their job they didn't used to be able to do just because we have to do this every day apply that to game development i'm sure that it helps a lot knowing what your team's doing and knowing how they're doing things is extremely helpful but to get there i think it's going to be a, a struggle we're going to see a lot of delays we're going to see a lot of things that would have been easy to buy that are difficult to buy now which just makes difficult things to buy even harder so when new consoles yeah. come out it's going to be difficult yeah and as a reminder right like this one was a double whammy in terms of the semiconductor shortage because it is exactly what you're talking about with the shift to work from home and the quarantine that's made manufacturing uh, a bit more difficult but then also you have the other side of it which is more people are buying technology more people are buying consoles more people are investing in this ecosystem which means that demand is just super high and so yeah by the time we get to 2024 or whenever 
not only not only will people have workflow sorted out hopefully fingers crossed but then also you're still i think you're still going to have this high demand that was created now but people you'll have people sticking around in the ecosystem because they found a new love in gaming or they found a new love in totally PC shit or whatever it may be which you know i mean i, I look forward to that a bit tim before mm-hmm. we get into our next news story I want to tell you about our sponsors. Of course, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by purple mattress. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your, your purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. The grid bounces back and forth as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why Memory Foam has craters and divots. Kind of Funny loves purple mattresses. Joanna Wells sleeps like a baby on the one she has. She says it's nice and soft. And right now, you can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple, purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com games10 and use promo code games10. That's purple.com slash games10, promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Remember, purple.com slash games10, promo code games10. Terms apply. We're also brought to you by Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether, whether it's finding what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. Most of us haven't found our forever home, which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword. You're either buying some cheap futon that you'll just leave out on the curb someday, or you're investing in an expensive sofa that might last forever, but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to move. You think someone would have, would have figured out how to create quality furniture, furniture built for the way we actually live, wherever we live? Well, someone has. Burrow. Burrow makes it easy to shop for everything you need for your living room online. No far-flung warehouses, no high-pressure salespeople. Plus, Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions makes assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free. And when it's time to move, your Burrow furniture won't hold you back. Their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next-gen consoles standing vertically. Their award-winning Nomad Sofa has a built-in USB charger for all-day power. Burrow saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch and logistics headache. Headaches, headache, headaches. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash games for $75 off your burrow purchase. Remember, that's burrow.com slash games, 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 games. I have a burrow, and that means I have a USB charger in my couch. <laughs> and if that's that fantastic. isn't the peak of luxury, I don't know what is, bless. That is definitely luxury. Uh, Tim, mm-hmm. let me tell you about story number four. Epic reportedly set to lose at least $330 million. That's $330 million in efforts to compete with Steam. This is Danielle Pardis at GamesIndustry.biz. Epic Games may lose millions after struggling to recuperate costs from the Epic Games Store following its fight to gain market share from Steam. 
The Fortnite giant spent around $444 million in 2020 on making the storefront more lucrative to PC gamers, mainly through giving away titles for free and exclusivity deals. The company dug deep to offer, quote, minimum guarantees to developers releasing games exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Under this arrangement, titles must remain exclusive uh, to the PC storefront for one year, even if they're released on console platforms. This means that the, the, the developer will receive a guaranteed advance from Epic whether or not the game sales enough to recoup the number. As an example, the company spent over $10 million securing PC exclusivity for Remedy's Control in 2019. A report by IGN that shows players spent $700 million, million on the Epic Store in 2020, but only $265 million of that was, of that was spent on third-party games exclusive to it. According to predictions made by Apple, the Epic, the Epic Store will not see any profitability until 2027, if it continues to operate this way. 2027 doesn't even sound like a real year when you read it. No, that, that is not. <laughs> we're never going to actually be in that we're year. We're never going to be in the year 2027. <laughs> Apple also projects that the store could lose around $600 million by the end of the year. While Apple claims that the figure is a loss, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney confirmed on Twitter that he considers it a fantastic investment into growing the business. Although this doesn't initially feel beneficial to the Epic Games Store alone, Epic itself generates uh, enough, enough revenue to absorb the loss while enabling developers to release their game and see a sizable return immediately. So that's not a surprise, right? Like them losing money on the Epic Game Store in the grand scheme of things, not huge when you think of the billions of dollars they make off of Fortnite. I mean, more than that, too, I, I just feel like this headline is a little bit misleading because while true, I don't know that I'd say they're set to lose at least $330 million. It's They're investing $330 million. Like the mm -hmm. way that this works is they're investing in this platform so that in 2027, which is all part of the plan, they're going to be profitable there. And them dropping the numbers of only – so they spent $700 million on Epic – uh, store players, but only 265 million was spent on third-party games exclusive. Yeah, but how much of that the the difference there was money made from people that came for the for the exclusive games and were just like, oh, I'm I'm here, so I'm gonna buy other games in this ecosystem because that's the point of it, right? It's not necessarily just the one game that they're paying for exclusivity. It's using that as marketing to get other people in. I see this as just it's uh, entire investment, entire yeah. marketing, and that's that's what's happening. This is. This is, a, this is what Game Pass is doing right now, right? Yeah. Like buying games, and it's a little bit different because they're the subscription service that they are trying to get everyone in. But it's similar at the end of the day. They're they're losing money now to to make money in the future. Yeah, this is the exact move that you're able to make as Epic because of the success of Fortnite, right? Like going back to 2017 into 2018 and them launching the Epic Game Store and making all these huge deals. I think as an industry, we all understand that that's happening because they are sinking money into trying to make this store work uh, because they're able to basically come through and disrupt because they have this nice cushion that is called Fortnite, where that is generating so much money that they're able to make these risks. Uh, there's a tweet uh, from Daniel Ahmad, industry analyst, uh, at ZHugeEX. Uh, he tweeted out this Chuge. It's, it's pronounced ChugeEX. Oh, wow. Yeah, Chuge it's, it's, it's a Chinese thing. That's awesome. Uh, he tweeted out this morning, this is pretty much how any company looks to disrupt an, an existing market. Worth noting that while Epic Store loses $330 million, Epic still generated approximately $3.85 billion in revenue and $1.54 billion in gross profit thanks to Fortnite, according to a recent uh, court document. And again, like when you look at them 
offering free games on Epic Game Store, when you look at them making deals for exclusive games to come to Epic Game Store, right? What is the stuff that everybody was mad about uh, a few years ago? And then you also look at uh, them uh, giving developers large cuts in terms of the the shift, right? Like the the Steam the Steam standard was thirty percent, thirty seventy. Epic lowering that so that they get about around like twelve percent of game revenue on sales. They're able to make that make those moves because they're losing money on it, and because Fortnite is there to give them that cushion. And so, this all makes sense. I, it does make me wonder what this, what the, if this works for them in terms of making Epic Game Store more ubiquitous. Because as you can see, right, like when you look at the main stores that are available on PC, it really is Steam, Epic, and like it's it's Steam Gog. at the top, and then like it's Epic and GOG. I think following behind them, and probably like a a, a a couple stores here and there that are even under those ones. I wonder yeah. if by 2027 we see it more equalized, where it is either Epic and Steam on the same same standing, or even Epic overtakes Steam. Oh, interesting. I got you. I get what you're saying. I thought you meant equalizes mean the same content everywhere. I, I think that that ship yeah. has sailed. And yeah, I do imagine that in 2027, Epic Game Store and Steam will both still be doing their thing and there will be exclusives here, exclusives there, any which way. Um, or at least exclusives on Epic. I don't know about Steam, but you know how that goes. Yeah. Tim, mm-hmm. let's talk about story number five. Uh, this is more of a PSA. People can fly or fixing an issue that causes inventory wipes in Outriders. This, this is Zarmina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Outriders players reported missing inventory items prior to, the, to this weekend's patch, hoping that the latest update would resolve the problem. Unfortunately, it did quite the opposite. Cases of inventories being wiped out are on the rise, and people can fly have acknowledged the problem. Over on Reddit, the studio apologized and promised a fix as soon as possible. It also laid down its plans to restore inventories. The post reads, quote, Restoration should take place on a specific day and should be and should be a one-time event or one-time event. The exact date is TBD, but we're hoping for this to occur in the coming weeks. We'll update you when we have confirmation of date and timings. We'll only be able to restore the most valuable tiers of items lost, e.g. epics and legendaries. We'll be unlikely to restore an inventory full of blue gear. The restoration should be additive to your inventory. It should not replace your current inventory. Restored items may not be may not may not be have the exact oh. <laughs> this, this is verbatim. Restored items may not be have the exact same stats as the lost items. Uh, and that's end quote. People can fly also added that it's unable to provide a timeline for fixes and said that it's looking into the accolades wipe issue. And so again, PSA out there. Inventories are being wiped and outriders. Be careful when you're playing. Maybe wait for a new patch before before playing. I don't know what the exact uh, um, precautions you, you should take here are. I did see a tweet from People Can Fly saying that if you experience the inventory wipe, shut down your PS5 immediately, and maybe that'll help prevent the inventory wipe. But again, it's <sighs> scary, man. There. It's scary. God. I'd be so bummed out if that this happened to me. Yeah, and you know, people out there are like, hey. You know, this is a new thing, and you know, video games back in my day was good. Back in my day, memory cards got corrupted all the time, and it was oh, like yeah. it, that was a bitch too. So there's always going to be new problems and things suck. But good on people can fly for again being transparent, letting people know what's going on, and be careful out there. Yeah, <laughs> if this happens, turn off your PS5. That's the thing. Thankfully, like issues can be fixed. If you've already lost your items, then maybe that can't be fixed, depending on how many how many of them were blue gear. But 
again like thankfully they're it seems like they're working on it and shout out to them for being very transparent and very clear even when the transparency is things like turn off your console immediately if this happens because i feel like that is the type of communication you usually wouldn't get from devs because that very much does feel like a you know like sound the alarms this is really an issue but at least they're being honest and clear about it uh yeah. tim have you been playing more outriders have you been sticking with it not too much I, I i popped in a little bit to just play through a little more of the campaign because uh when i was playing it was uh for the, the ign video that i did with naomi and sydney and they popped us uh later facing off that the big spider flame boss volcano yeah. guy um so yeah i played like the first the demo bit I played through, and then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of itching to play a little more, and I've been trying to figure out my mouse and keyboard setup. So I played more of the the campaign um, over the weekend, and it's like it's it's just fun, man. It's just a video game as video game. It is, yeah. That's the reason why I think I love it the most. Like I I beat it over the weekend, and it was that thing of having so much fun and then getting to the final boss fight and then getting super frustrated and being like, why is this boss fight this difficult? But then like, you know, I had uh, Greg came through and joined. We turned down the world tier to like world tier one. Cause we, after, after really we, dude, because we started off on, I think world tier nine. I was having, we we're having a lot of trouble. Turned down to world tier seven, still having issues. Turned down to world tier five, still couldn't get it. And at that point wow. I was like, fuck it. Like I, I, I really enjoy Outriders. I don't enjoy Outriders enough to suffer through the final boss. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's turn to World Tier One, see what happens, and we melted the final boss. I didn't fuck yeah. like, it was one of those ones where I was like, damn, <laughs> like it was maybe five seconds of shooting into the final boss before uh the first phase is over cutscene and then get back into it another five seconds of shooting into him and then credits roll and at first i was like oh damn that was a lot faster than i wanted it to be but then i was like you know what man fuck it it's a video game as video game and jumping it like jumping back into it uh to do the expeditions that that unlock post game brought the fun back like i'm not i'm not in outriders to experience the story i'm not in it for the hardcore experience i'm in it to have fun i mean i'm in it to have a good time and going back to the expeditions turning up my real turning my world tier back up and actually the expeditions actually don't factor in roll tier i don't think um but being able to jump back into it and have have it be uh back to this you know actual appropriately uh difficult experience was super yeah. fun and yeah I, I loved it and so shout out to outriders hell yeah except man. for this inventory issue don't shout out to that um but thankfully we're gonna get a fix for that tim Let's round mm-hmm. out the Roper Report with story number six. Is Sega remastering Sonic Colors? I'm pulling from Vicky Blake at Eurogamer. It looks like Sega may be remastering 2010's Sonic Colors. According to a German voiceover studio called IK Sample, the team worked on the remaster at the end of 2020, although the webpage that originally leaked that information has now been taken down. French retailer So Gamely has listed uh, the unannounced Sonic Colors Ultimate for sale on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, with a vague 2021 uh, release window provided. Although although it's unclear if the store listed the game before or after these rumors came to light. Take this one with a grain of salt, everybody. But uh, Nibel at Nibel on Twitter, or no, at Nibelian pointed out on Twitter that this is such a like vague like leaking to happen that it's probably true like who's gonna fake sonic colors being remastered in 2021 but grain of salt and if this happens i'll be very excited because sonic color sonic colors is super dope i was about to say i I thought you were about to be talking some shit about sonic colors sonic colors is a fantastic game that has a couple key key issues but sonic colors is the standout 
uh, that doesn't get talked enough when it comes to Sonic games because it came after Sonic Unleashed and that had all the problems with the Werehog and like the the running stages were fun, but too much of the game was bogged down with like dialogue that didn't matter, whatever. Colors, exclusive on the Wii, had its uh, gameplay kind of really set in its 2D roots and what makes Sonic actually fun and having the different wisps give you the different abilities in 2D platforming and how that translated to 3D platforming. Sonic Colors was at the time the most things we like about Sonic games. We're just going to focus on those Sonic game that we had until Generations came. And everyone gives credit to Generations as they should as being the Sonic game that's like, hey, that's actually good. And then, of course, Mania. But Sonic Colors, if they're remastering it, hopefully they can fix some of the things. I'd, I'd be down to replay that for sure. Yeah, it coming to it seemingly coming to Xbox One and PS4 also has me excited because them remastering it that's not a given because it was a Nintendo exclusive when it first came out and it was it it, it was that game that was sandwiched between uh, Sonic in the Black Knight <laughs> and then also Sonic Generations and for full context right there was a, there was a wee stretch of exclusive Sonic games you got Sonic in the Secret Rings and that was out in 2007. That was followed by Sonic and the Black Knight that was that came out in 2009. And after those two games, I understand perfectly why people are like, oh, Sonic Colors is probably going to be another one of those. And people didn't pay as much attention to it, especially coming off of Sonic Unleashed, which was the more high-profile one um, that came out on multi-platform in 2008. And so, well, Unleashed was like a core Sonic game, whereas the Black Knight and the, the Secret Rings, that was like, those were spin-off games for of sure. Sonic. But like they're still like they were they were still the exclusive Nintendo Sonic games. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like Sonic Colors kind of came out and it felt like more of a not more of a, it felt like a follow up to those somewhat because it was the, it had the Nintendo exclusivity. And then yeah, it coming out right before Sonic Generations kind of overshadowed its existence. But Sonic Colors definitely not one to sleep on if you're Sonic, Sonic Colors. Sonic Colors walked so the generations can run. Oh, for and sure. And it ran fast. For sure. And when you want to talk about Unleashed also, like uh, only half of Unleashed was like not that great. It was the Werehog stuff that people had a problem with. The actual the Werehog Sonic stuff levels, sucked. We're, the actual Sonic super fun. were fantastic. Yeah, and music was Son- great. Sonic Colors feels like it kind of understood that a little bit and kind of doubled down on, hey, this is traditional Sonic. You are getting the Wisps, which are the quote-unquote gimmick of this game, but it was a gimmick that didn't suck as much as the Werehog. It added to the gameplay. That, was, yeah. those, that shit was great, man. And I'm yeah. pretty sure that was Roger Craig Smith's first time voicing sonic i could be wrong about that but like i remember the sonic colors story was like a little like too try hard kid humor stuff but it had moments that i was like stories oh oh yeah totally but i feel like colors was the turning point of like going from the sonic 06 kind of like oh they're taking this world really seriously vibe to Mm. oh no we're gonna treat it more like a saturday morning cartoon yeah for sure tim i'm very excited Mm -hmm. for sonic colors remastered but that's probably just so far away. If I wanted to coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Negate Tail for PC, and then Bungie Turtle is out now on iOS and Android. Bungie Turtle, Kev, I'm going to need to look up Bungie Turtle. Yeah, I want to see what but what bungee turtle is. What's I've seen a bungee, I've seen a turtle, but I've never seen a turtle bungee, and we're about to here on Kind of Funny Games Daily. What do you think bungee turtle is? I imagine so. It's a mobile game, so I'm imagining we're getting some type of 
he jumps down from the top of the screen and you have to like maybe avoid a couple obstacles while collecting some things. And when you pop back up, you need to make sure that you don't hit things as well. That's what mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So I, I see my guess is more of a doodle jump, which might be along the lines of what you're talking about. But like, I'm, I'm imagining doodle jump, if you remember doodle jump, but with a string attached to a turtle. Mm-hmm. And like, you're the person who's pulling up the turtle. And so you have to got like it. pull them up and they have to land on certain platforms. Okay, here we go. Got it, got it, got here it. Here we go. So it looks like it's it's sideways. You hold your okay, phone sideways. Okay. All right. So like, so it's a bunch. It's a turtle. It's a turtle shell attached to a bungee. It's a two D platformer. Oh lord! But this looks like the, something. This looks like something. But the art style is kind of okay. It's all over the place. It's a kid Crayola drawing on pieces of paper. But then it also has a bunch of other elements that don't fit that aesthetic. You know what? This one gets the thumbs down from Tim Gettys. Mm, the strong thumbs down from Tim Gettys. You don't want that thumbs down. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like a like the art style looks cool when it's not moving. Mm-hmm. But when when and you, see, you the, see when move. when you start to see the platforming, it's like oh that doesn't look that doesn't look fun. That doesn't look clean. Bummer. Bungee turtle. Bungee turtle. We got no new dates for you, but we do have. A squad up of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can write in get us your questions you can get us your squad ups we'll, we'll partner you up with the kind of funny best friends to play the games that you need help in just like steven coots did steven coots aka, AKA captain <laughs> captain coots <Right? laughs> i thought there was no way we were going to get a better name than bungee turtle today but when you bring up steven coots and you started laughing and then you said captain i was like oh this is about to be followed up with coots and i could not have started by monday in a better way captain coots good oh, for you you gotta love it steven coots aka captain coots writes in with a squad up and says avengers assemble i'm late to the game i played the outriders demo and it was fun but it just made me want to play Avengers. I'm loving it, but it would be so much more fun assembling a team of kind of funny best friends and playing the game together. If you want to play some Avengers with Captain Coots, that's with two O's, not zeros. Captain Coots. Coots is with a C. Coots is with a C, too. It's <laughs> Captain Coots. Captain spelled normally. Then C-O-O-T-S. Captain Coots. That's on PlayStation if you want to add them, all right? PSN. Captain Coots on PlayStation. You want to play some Avengers? <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. Say no, it out loud. It's is funny, really funny to me too, man. I'm loving like, it. I read the name as I was adding it, and I was like, okay, cool. One, Captain Coots. Saying it out loud is really funny. Captain Coots. Everybody, say it to yourself as you're driving right now. Plus, driving, you know, you know what? Radio. Yeah, yeah. Just say it to yourself, just so you can have some joy in your life. You need yeah. it right now. But plus, I want you to know that you know Captain Coots obviously made my day today. But For this sure. reminds me of a couple years ago when I found out that you're. Your new username is Merc City sixty four, <laughs> and like that brought me an equal amount of joy. I want you to know. I pre- I appreciate it. That's one that I made uh, when I first got a PS three, and so I was I was like sixteen. I think I was sixteen when I made it. I might have been younger. So I was probably so younger. Funny actually. to me. But yeah, like I, I I so when I first joined, kind of funny, and first started doing PS, I love you. I put out. I did a whole campaign, which was I'm looking for a new PlayStation username. We're gonna figure out what the what I'm gonna change it to, and I never changed it. One because nobody nobody put out anything that was better than Merc City 64. But then also, <laughs> I like I I feel such a connection to it. Like yeah. it's part of who I am now, and changing oh, it yeah. wouldn't feel right. I mean, dude, literally everything about it 
screams blessing at AOE to me. <laughs> I, I, I just love, like, getting the 64 in there is so, oh, yeah. so funny. And Merc, uh, Merc, like, that type of, like, slang, like, lingo is oh, so yeah. perfect, perfect for you with Merc City 64. I'm uh. keeping it, man. Andy Cortez is Nitro Rifle. I'm going to be Merc City 64. The, the two quick stories I want to tell, because we have, we have, we have we a little, little time. time here. Yeah, is uh, sticking with usernames. Uh, two of my best friends in high school, Alfredo and Curran, uh, were both real big on Xbox Live and all that stuff. And Alfredo was going through his like emo phase, and uh, his gamer tag was Dying Breed <laughs> with like X's. <laughs> awesome. It was like X Dying X Breed X. And uh, when fantastic. my brother, when Cool Greg read it for the first time, he thought it said Dying Bird. And Alfredo never let that down. Like, we called him the dying bird so often. And it was so funny to us. I know right now it doesn't sound funny. But trust me, in real life, when you're 16, calling your friend the dying, dying bird, bird, it's hilarious. But the other one, Curran, his name. Uh, so back in the day, Curran, now he looks like a freaking Adonis. But back then, he was a little on the, the plumper side of things. Mm. And uh, his, his gamer tag was uh, Chunky Twinkie. Oh no! <laughs> which, is, which is just which is just funny, right? But Chunky Twinkie. But the best thing is, he was doing the like, uh, you know, late '90s, early 2000s cool boy thing of lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase mm-hmm. with with the with the oh, name. Oh no! So the the I in Twinkie looked like an L. So whenever he'd play, he'd be in Halo and he'd be like level 50, like fucking killing the game on the top of the leaderboards, all this stuff. And people would be like, hey, go get the chunky twinkle. That's fantastic. That, that's There's awesome. nothing worse than chunky twinkle. That's all. That's that that's something that you don't think about when you're making usernames is how people are going to call you out in games. And yeah. So thankfully for me, what I get in shorthand is people calling me Merc, which that Which by itself, cool. cool Dope right? as fuck. Like yeah. when people just call, hey Merc, come over. Like Merc, I got you. Merc, I'm on your six. Hey, somebody, yeah. somebody revive Merc because he's always down. Like whenever that comes up, it's like fantastic. People aren't aren't mm-hmm. you know making fun of the Merc City 64. But yeah, I can't imagine being like, oh yeah, Chunky Twinkie. It's gonna be, be people will find it funny. It'll be a fun thing. It'll be my username. I'll own it. And then being called Chunky Twinkle all the time. Chunky Twinkle, dude. It, it was just, it's so damn. Chunky Twinkle and the dying bird, man. Our squad was ruthless. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think they call Captain Coots? It's either, they either call him Cap or they call him Coots. I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking love it. I fucking love it. But also, there's something really cool about just being called Cap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, Captain Coots, you're either getting, you're like, and, you know, Coots is a real name, right? Like Coots, I assume yeah, is your last name. That's his real last name, Stephen Stephen Coots. Yeah, so that's not as bad, right? Like it's not like you know you called yourself. It's I forget what, what the one name. we got. What did we get a it few really weeks is. ago from the dude who was playing? I guess he played uh, Swore Tour with you guys. Moochies, Coochies, or something like that. Shoney. Remember that, Kevin? Coochies. What? Chunies, Chunies, Coochies, something Shoney's like that. Coochies. It's not Shoney's, like Chonies, 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 Chonies. You got it, man. Yeah. Like it's not like you're being called like the short and we, version we of that. Call being called Snoochies Coochies, which being called is, Coots is is fine, right? Like I can I can rock with Coots. That's my real name. Cool, I'll rock it. But then you get cap every now and then, and, and all of a sudden it's like you're presidential. You're holding a shield. You're like you're like yeah, I'm that dude. I'm cap. Yeah, call me cap. I I love it. See, the lamest thing about me is oh, well, there's many 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 things. Uh, so I don't want to say the lamest, but a lame thing about me is my name's just Tim Gettys. It's Ben Tim Gettys. So people not only do they just call out, "Hey Tim," 
which is lame. I'm usually not doing good, so everyone knows it's me not doing good. You know, at, at least you get to live by, behind some some vague animosity with Merc. Kevin, what is what is this that you have pulled up on the screen? I right hate now? this. What is this, Greg them. Miller? It just says show them. Yeah. Oh God. Right, show go them. This is, this is Greg Miller on Twitter. He tweet. He put out a tweet with a video that just says at Blessing Junior. I appreciate it. That's one that I made. Captain Coots. Captain Coots. <laughs> it is, that is literally just what it is. It's Captain so good. Coots. It's so damn good. And for people who are listening to the audio, it's a zoom in of Greg's mouth. Well, just saying Captain oh, Coots. It. Yeah, it's just uh, to describe the visual. We got Captain Coots in the chat, and he's saying, I've actually gone by Coots since 2004. I wish my last name was Coots, just That's so I can go by name. Coots. That is a yeah. that is a great. Get last it, name. Gettys is not a bad Ask last character. name. It's just too serious. Like no, if Gettys, you were, Gettys is cool. if you were like someone who did this, like something serious in life, we could call you Gettys. You know? Oh yeah. The the yeah, that's true. The thing about my name is, growing up, I was always like, it's not a name. Like Tim Gettys wasn't like a. It didn't sound right to me. And then I'll never forget. It was in college where someone was like, dude, you have a powerful name, man. Like Tim Gettys is unique. And I was like. Holy shit, I've made it and I was wrong my entire life. And from that moment on, I've just been like, yeah, you know what? Tim Gettys is dope as fuck. Yeah. No, that's actually that's that's Tim live Gettys is a dope name. It is a dope name. Because like Tim is Blessing is, is a dope name. Dude, do you know what I learned the other day? I like I I posted a tweet about Io from uh, uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it's dope to have somebody in the MCU named I Io, along with like Okoye, because those are both so names cool. that are rooted in Nigerian culture. Like there are plenty I have I know multiple people Nigerian named Io. And so having that having that name uh on the big screen, right? In a Marvel property for me is the coolest shit ever. I did some Googling because I wanted to know, like, okay, what are the most popular Nigerian names? Because I know Io has to be up there because I know many Ayos, oh. I know many Wallace. Do you know what I learned that I and I didn't know this? Blessing apparently is the 12th most popular Nigerian name. Holy uh, shit. Well, I mean, your family your takes up lying. at least two of them, right? Yeah, my family. I mean, my, my dad's name is Blessing. I have a cousin named Blessing. I know Blessing's here and there. But, you got the monopoly on Blessing, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's a thing I didn't really. I, I would have assumed 1,000th, 900th, 900th. Like, number 12 is fucking crazy. And so that I'm, is, that, I'm, I'm that is weird. Yeah. But dude, I blessing is such a dope name. But bless, I when I when I think about names, like often you know you hit that point in your life where you start thinking about kids' names because when you're with somebody, that's just the conversation you have all the damn time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> when you go through that, what I always or dogs or whatever the hell it is, and it's like for me, I'm always like we got to think about what are they actually going to be called? Like what are little kids good? Like what are their friends going to call them? Because mm-hmm. it's like you know we had this conversation about <laughs> Mr. Coots over here. You know, like I, our, if we name our kids something that's a lame name, they're going to be called Gettys because no one's going to want to fuck with their lame ass first name. For sure. But you would like blessing's cool. But what's even cooler than blessing is bless. Bless oh, is a yeah. sick ass name to go by. Like that's I just cool. It. And I remember growing up like with Kevin and it just like calling him Kev. I always felt cool because I was like, Kev is a cool, cool name. It's a cool name to say. Kevin, eh, it's all right. But Kev is dope as fuck. Oh, yeah. Am I wrong? I ain't wrong. I was waiting for Kevin to respond. You aren't wrong. Uh, you aren't wrong at all. No, yeah, fine. You know, ah, uh, there's a good, there's a good transition. I lost it because we're about to go into you're wrong, and I was like, okay, what? Uh, uh, you know what else we're not wrong about? The news <laughs> throughout the day. Funny.com/slash/you're-wrong <laughs> <laughs> is where you can go to write, write in, let us know what we got wrong <laughs> as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. And Tim, let me tell you, we killed it. Uh, I'm gonna pull in. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking love you guys. Oh god, can, the they, audience they has no idea what we're laughing about. Yeah, oh, yeah they oh, okay, have no idea. okay, okay. <laughs> there was just some majestic music playing. <laughs> Uh, John Bob Stab writes into Yurong and says, Tim said Sonic Colors was exclusive to Wii, but it was on DS as well. Uh, and then Jordan Deeb writes in and says, not a Yurong, but a reminder to Captain Coots and any other kind of funny best friends that there is a kind of funny Avengers Discord over at invite.gg slash kfavengers. Come join us to squad up there anytime. So again, we killed it. Only one real Wait, Yurong. And real, what's that? Real quick about the like names and nicknames. Somebody said for Paula Paula, you can call her Lala. And I really like that. That's awesome. I, I do it. like that. Yeah. I love it. I, I will really say that. that one of the kids' names that we have come up with, it was working backwards from the nickname, I like Lala. So we have names that shortened become Lala. Mm. I really like Mila as a name. Mila's a good name, but we call her Lala. See what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. We named him Moose. We named him Popple Moose, but we call him Moose. Hot. We have do, a you know what, week. do you know what Poplamoose's middle name is, Bless? No, please tell me. Yes, you do. Think Andres. Andres. It's named after Andy. Poplamoose Andres Geddes. On his little like insurance card and shit, it says it. <laughs> I want... I, uh-huh. Within the next decade, I want somebody at Kind of Funny to either name their pet and or child after me. <laughs> That's my goal. I want one and of y'all motherfuckers. Or child. <laughs> I want one of y'all motherfuckers I name want... a pet or and or child bless or blessing or some variation. It could I be miracle. I don't give do a fuck. As long Nick. as I'm the inspiration. I want someone to do that for Nick so that we can call him Little Nick. Little Nicky. Oh, little, no. little, oh, little, little Nick. Oh Nick. Little Nick. <sighs> this week's hosts for kind of funny games daily go like this. Tomorrow you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy Cortez. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. And on Friday, you're getting Greg and Angel Renee. If you're watching this Ooh. live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Nick watching some fun clips and starting Nick's playthrough of Uncharted. So get hyped for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, go get them, coots. Get them, coots. <laughs>